Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Wall 23 as our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm your host. I already said that. You can follow us at CHGO underscore White Sox. We're being produced today by Sarah. Hello. Hello. How are the Penguins? Penguins were good. Yeah, I um I met penguins yesterday for people that are wondering why we're talking about penguins. Sarah ditched us and left us with uh, the Wisconsinite Kevin Wells, and he forced us to get Is in the Wisconsinite. I mean, you went to Marquette, oh, so yeah. it's close yeah, enough. Pretty much. Shout out um, the Shed Aquarium. It's a great place. Yeah, and you know, Sarah learned a very fun fact about penguins yesterday. Yeah. So did you guys know that penguins every five to ten minutes poop? So do the White Sox. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just they're always pooping. I don't know. And they eat a ton. They can eat up to 50 to 60 fish a day per penguin. That's too many. We should get a live penguin in here. That's way too many. No, they smell. We just added the neon lights. Hey, maybe what if we get a live penguin? They smell and they don't don't, uh, fly. They're useless birds. Our colors are black and white, so I think it would fit (laughs) in. Uh, We have Vinny Duber that will join us later on in the show from Sloan Park in Mesa, Arizona. After the White Sox lose... 8-1 8-1 to one in the first spring training game. It is spring training. It obviously isn't a big deal. But, hey, Herb, yeah. if you take out the first inning, mm-hmm. it's only a 2-1 to one game. And that's that's close baseball. That's what the White Sox way this year. As long as it's close, as long as Jesse Chavez isn't giving up six runs in My the first God. inning, which likely won't happen. He probably won't be pitching in the first batting inning. practice out there. <laughs> Jesse Chavez is out there throwing. I mean, he's 40 years old. It's the first day of spring training, so he's just trying to get work in. I don't think he or the White Sox necessarily care about his results. Now, us who are watching, we care about the results because that inning was forever, and somebody named... I don't know. Uh, I got five RBIs today. I forgot his name, but already because he was so uh, anonymous. But Hudson, yes, Joe Hudson. It sounds like just a guy they pick up three. Hey, you want to play baseball? Yeah, go ahead. put your cleats on. What? And um, Jeffrey Chavez is going to be throwing you fastballs right down the middle. Let's Crush play it. a game. How old is Joe Hudson? I would say Joe Hudson is 28. Eh, 32. Yeah. I mean, that man truly off the street right there. He has a catcher's mitt, and I think that was the reason why he made the Cubs <laughs> roster. Hey, man, he showed out today. Five <laughs> RBI for Joe Hudson. Good job, sir. Now go back and work your bartending shift tonight, yeah, brother. Good, good for him. And, hey, uh, uh, even good for our guys over at CHGO Cubs. I know uh, Cody was excited. He went down to Sloan Park. He was there for the first spring training game. His guy, Christopher Morrell, hit a homer, and he was like, oh, talk uh, – uh, talk 
me out of Christopher Morrell hitting 50 homers. So immediately I have to respond. He hit it off Jesse Chavez in a 3-0 count, like in the first spring training game. Yeah. Like, there's an easy way to talk you out of it. He stinks. They only play the White Sox four <laughs> times. And I know every time you see him, he hits a home run with the White Sox, but it's only four games. So all the rest of the teams will figure out Christopher Morrell can't really hit a slider. Uh, outside the zone. On today's show, we will be talking about the players that made impressions on us. Uh, we will be talking to Vinny Duber, who is out in Arizona, on updates from spring training. I know there are some injury updates uh, that we touched on briefly upon uh, yesterday, but I know he talked to the man himself about the injury today. So I think we got a little bit more insight into John Brebbia's uh, injury. But where we need to start is... John Schriffen. John Schriffen makes his debut as the White Sox play-by-play voice uh, in his first spring training with Steve Stone. Herb, what'd you think of the new voice of the Chicago White Sox? It's going to come off overcritical, but I think, you know, eventually he'll get into his groove. I've watched him do college basketball. He's excitable, and the game lends itself to exciting uh, play-by-play calls. Baseball does not. So John will have to do a lot of research before games to get that little stuff that you have to get between pitches where the game is out of hand. You'll be a lot of these games where the White Sox are either winning a couple of those or more likely losing by a lot where you got to fill out that time where the silence between you and Steve is just there. You can let the game breathe every once in a while, which I think he let it do a little too much today. But it's his first game with Steve. He's dipping his toe into the water right now. I think he'll get more comfortable. But today's broadcast and probably the first inning didn't lend itself to an exciting broadcast. It didn't lend itself to John Triffin getting his best A-game performance out. But as I said, it's first game. He'll be better. Hopefully, I can hear that he's better when he's doing basketball. And if he brings that and the White Sox bring that type of excitement to the baseball field, his calls will be fine. Yeah, we got 48 people watching. Make sure that you hit the thumbs up button. One of those people is Barb, who thinks this is the Cubs show. Uh, not the Cubs show, The Cubs Barb. are actually doing a post-game show at, I believe 630. it's 6.30. Yeah, yeah, I missed that today. I saw that. So, yeah. uh, Tyler and Barb, the, the Cubs, uh, the B team is going to be on at 6.30. Yes. A team has to go at A. Yeah, we go, we go at the real time. And also, you know, that Cubs team really doesn't want to put in the work. You know, they don't want to drive in, get into the studio. No. You know, they're going to kick up their, their feet. and Yeah, they're going to be remote. Uh, we were here on the ground watching this game live. Not the Cubs. Just show up whenever they want to and turn on the camera. I think they're everywhere. I mean, I think Brent, uh, Corey's in the city, but I mean, Brendan's not even in the state. I think Luke's a, a suburb guy. I mean, we're here in Chicago, you know? I mean, as we know, uh, Chicago or the White Sox are Chicago's real team and uh, the Cubs are the suburbs team. That's why my hat says CHGO. You don't have to thumbs down us, Barbara. <laughs> Who cares? What the heck? Uh, let's go to... Thumbs up for all of us. Let's go more to John Triffin. Uh you're right, and I think the thing that obviously we have to remember, too, is this is his first baseball game. Like, there isn't a background of baseball. Like, obviously himself, he's played baseball, but there is not a broadcasting background of baseball. He's never worked for a minor league team. He might have done a game or so, but I don't think there's an extensive five to ten games even in his exp- his his experience. So this is going to be a long time where he's not only trying to figure out his broadcast partner and Steve Stone, 
and all of the guys that are on field, all 70 of them that are in White Sox camp, he's also trying to figure out how to call this actual sport. Yeah, he did um, Dartmouth games. He went out for the team, got hurt, and then that's where he switched his uh, focus from trying to be a major league player to being a play-by-play person. So he's done Dartmouth baseball in the past, but, you know, it's Ivy League baseball a long time ago, and, of course, the KBO history. But like you said, it's nothing like MLB, a daily grind, and the same partner that you have in Steve Stone. I think Steve Stone is a product of the person who he's next to. I thought the years that he was with uh, Harry Carey, when Harry was still with it, perfect. Steve Stone shined. Then when he got over here to Guaranteed Rate and with the White Sox, Hulk Harrelson didn't bring out the best in Steve Stone. So you could see the broadcast kind of stalling. Hawk would be kind of mulling in his own corner and being stewing if the White Sox were losing and not really setting up Steve to do his job correctly. That's why I love the pairing of Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. They seemed like they got each other. Their acerbic wit kind of matched each other, and they would have a nice show even though the product on the field wasn't good, it was an entertaining game. That's where John Schiffer needs to go to. He doesn't need to be Jason Benetti, but find his in with Steve. Find where they have common ground. Find where his Steve's wit is, because if you first meet Steve Stone and don't know how he rolls, he's kind of off-putting as if, you know, he's, you know, he'll joke about you. He'll bust balls and shit like that. So that's what... John Triffin has to get there and find the comfortability with the guy. I think they have a game tomorrow, too. I don't know if it's back at a Candleback Ranch, but maybe then everything will be more uh, focused because the whole broadcast was kind of off. The lower third didn't go down on every player and see who it was because this is a spring training game. You need to know and you need to inform your audience who the people are playing. And luckily, we had a split screen with NBC Sports Chicago and Marquee, which Marquee had because they were a home team, had the lower third and showing us who the pitcher was for the White Sox or the batter was for the White Sox and give us that information. So this whole process will take time. White Sox fans are already mad about the team being bad. And if the broadcast is being bad too, that's not going to be a good recipe for Jerry Reinsdorf having ratings like he wants because I know he wants to have a total White Sox and Bulls station eventually. I think I went to high school and college with the last guy that just commented, Jim Barista. Jim Barista? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think he was older than me, so you know, I don't think he recognized me, but I, I recognize that name, and he looks like the guy that I know in his photo. Hey, small world. Uh, oh, you're right. Brother Ricers. <laughs> what are they? Crusaders. Crusaders. Go Saders. Hey, did you see who Eno Saris told you to watch out for? He said six batters to watch out for. One of them was? Mark Payton. No. Mark, Mike Massey, yes. Yeah, come on. Let's go. We don't need to bring up Rita, guys. What's wrong with you? Uh, we're not going to bring up any Maris, guys, because those guys don't make it to the majors. Uh, February 24th is the next game, you're right, uh, with NBC Sports Chicago against the Mariners. That one's going to be at Camelback Ranch. Maybe that was also throwing them off. First 2024 spring training game, uh, not having Chris Kamka as well. I mean, I know that's obviously going to be another part, too. Like, yes. I mean, there was some of the great producers that were on that NBC Sports Chicago broadcast. Kamka's been there for, what, 15-plus? years i mean i think since the, the pretty much it was the intern started, with the score right. and then went right over there and was a genius still is a genius that's a great get by uh Marquee, and uh, I can't believe NBC Sports Chicago lost him. So it did seem like NBC Sports Chicago was kind of dealing with a lot of turnovers, a lot of hiccups. It's game one. It's yep. worth it. It's allowed. But my biggest worry is what I think, uh, can you scroll up just a little bit there? Uh, Jacob Ramey said, uh, not there. He, he said like four comments. Uh, there it is. Uh, Schriffen seemed very stiff and corporate. 
that was my biggest thing is that he's coming from ABC7 News. He does have the basketball background, and you're right that he's been able to get up at some points for that. He's doing slam ball, which is kind of the opposite of corporate. Oh my God. So there are some moments that he has shown, hey, maybe stepping outside of his comfort zone a little bit. But even when they're asking him, like, you know, these these icebreaker questions, like yep. first athlete you got a signature from, and it's Pete Sampras. Like, all right, hey, that's a little bit interesting. But it's not like we heard that, like an and interesting Pete Sampras story. That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> like, that is to introduce us to you. And, and Stoney's just reading off the answers. And uh, Shriffin's just, yeah. Yeah. Answer dogs. Yeah. Well, I have a dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Let's move it on. Elaborate, brother. This game <laughs> doesn't mean anything. At that time, it was like in the fifth inning, and the game was already over. Yeah. Give us something about you. I know that the broadcaster doesn't necessarily like to be the story, but today you're the story. People are tuning in for the White Sox, firstly, and you, too, because you are the new voice of the White Sox, like it or not. And so you have to introduce yourself. We don't know who you are. And this game was in a great introduction because of the White Sox action, but I just want somebody getting his ear and say, hey man, just talk a little bit more. Be you. Be less corporate, as uh, our guy said. Be less uh, boxed in. Be your basketball personality. That one works. No, it does work. Um, I did just get a, a message. I think that we have uh, the ability to say this. We're going to take a break in just a second because, again, we had nine innings of Schriffen. I guess uh, not a full 18 frames. It was only 17 frames. Not a lot there, but I think even people said that Jason and Steve, once they started, there was obviously Jason feeling out Steve and figuring out how to really flow with it. Yeah. Maybe after 20 games or 30 games or 40 games, he'll settle in and start to show a little bit more personality because right now it's just, it's not there, but I don't think we should have expected it to be in their first go around. Anything else you want to give on Schriffen? No, I think uh, he'll be fine. Uh, eventually, the White Sox, I don't know if they'll fall in love with him because it's always the new guy who's following a legend. And make no mistake, Jason Benetti is a legend and will go down as one of the best. And then uh, being the guy who comes after that guy is going to be really tough. He got the job done today. We'll see how you know he actually does with regular season, too. Because, hey, if we can you know brush off uh, you know maybe Andrew Vaughn having a bad at-bat, hey, maybe John Triffin has a, a bad game as he's uh, you know, dusting off the cobwebs. Are you, are you thinking, I mean, we'll get into it. Are you thinking about the same at-bat I'm thinking about, 2-0, Andrew Vaughn? Is that the first at bat or the second? The second one. Uh, no, because the first at bat he laced one, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Do you want to tell people about the? Second I'll tell at-bat? them after the okay. break. Well, I think Sarah actually downloaded something, so why don't we go to what Sarah downloaded first? Uh, our guy Spencer is letting us know that we do have takeovers for the 2024 season uh, to announce. Uh, he wants us to talk about it this weekend. Uh, links will be live by the end of tonight, uh, but we want to let you. Uh, be aware of what's going on. So if you are a diehard, you will get 20% off to this event. We'll have three takeovers in the 2024 season on May 27th at 110 versus the Toronto Blue Jays at Guaranteed Rate Field. Blue Jays again. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. The, right? Watch out, Danny <laughs> Mendick. Hopefully, Danny Mendick doesn't play in that game. And, uh, and Vinny's got to bring some sunscreen. Yeah, that right. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if Vinny even joins us on that day. Because uh, when, when it was Cubs Day, there was no way Vinny was going to come to the upper deck and try to make it through all 40,000 people. Uh, June 24th, 710. Uh, we got... The Sox versus the Dodgers. Uh, so if you ever heard of a guy named Shohei Otani, uh, now's your chance to go see him. And then uh, on August 9th at 710, we'll have fireworks for the Cubs and White Sox game. So head over to allchgo.com uh, later on tonight to check out those takeover 
tickets and make sure that if you haven't yet, you can become a diehard and get 20% off to those events. All right, Herb, I want to take us into our first ad break and then we'll hear from our guy, Vinny Duber. Our guy, Jim Cook, who was our, one of our sales guys, told us that Line and Kugel would be our beer for the year for CHGO White Sox. Damn near fell out of my chair because if you know me, you know I've been rocking with Line and Kugel for a minute now. Nothing says summer to me than having a cold summer shandy in your hand while watching the ball game at Guaranteed Rate Field or just chilling out having a cookout with your people. I know you're saying her summer shandy is mostly a summer beer, so what can I be drinking year-round? I'm glad that you asked that because you have Line and Kugel's original lager, light lager, Lakeside Cherry, the drink I'm drinking right now, the Sunset Wheat, Berry Weiss, Northwoods Amber, Dark Lager. And the other day I had a Honey Weiss, which is made from Wisconsin honey, so you know it's good. And if you tried any of their beers, you know that Line & Kugel brings the flavor for whatever occasion that you're celebrating. For over 150 years, Line & Kugel's has been combining German brewing traditions with Wisconsin innovation. You don't have to pick just one. Line & Kugel's proper, uh, sorry, excuse me. Line of Kugel's popular variety packs come with four varieties to help you try and enjoy. Flavor life's simple moments with Line and Kugel's, the official craft beer of the Chicago White Sox. Go to liney.com slash chgo to find delivery options near you. That's L-E-I-N-I-E dot com slash chgo or pick up Line and Kugel's pretty much anywhere where they sell beer. Line and Kugel's, flavor the moment. Celebrate responsibly the Jacob Line and Kugel Company Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. And do you know how to get to places uh, that sell beer? Yes, with a car. With a car. Are you in the new market for a new? Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake is celebrating the President's Day sales event all month long. And do you know what that means? You'll be able to shop presidential savings on their wide selection of inventory for a limited time. Get 20% off MSRP on all remaining 2023 Jeep Gladiator models with dealer discount. They're number one for new vehicle quality among midsize trucks, says J.D. Power. And that's not all. Shop their last call on select Dodge Challenger and Charger models. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. At Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect thanks to the ray price promise and don't miss out shop great deals all month long and save big because ray cdjr makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever and what's more affordable than the word free you'll get a free oil change at uh, ray cdjr when you mention chgo at the service center or mention chgo when you book online at ray cdjr slash service but you have to schedule before february 29th so if you are in the new if you are in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com, serving the community since 1963. Let's head out to Mesa, Arizona, Sloan Park, today's home of the first spring training game in 2024. He wasn't able to hear John Triffin because he was at the ballpark. Uh, so, Vinny, what'd you make of the sights and sounds at a packed Sloan Park today? Yeah, they pack them in uh, over here on, on on the east side. I think it's funny. I, I think I tweeted about it. You know, we, we think of uh, the Cubs and the White Sox playing in the Crosstown Classic. But guys, when you're out here, you got to recalibrate your geography. The North Siders are the East Siders. The South Siders are the West Siders. Uh, and this is the Cross Valley Classic. And I know that because I sat in a whole ton of traffic to get over here today to drive across the valley. 
Uh, will it be tough to go back then? Like, what's traffic like then heading from Mesa back to Glendale, or or will it have you know subsided by now? Once, once hopefully you- it will. Hopefully it will die down a bit by the time I get out of by the time our show is done and I get out of here. One hazard that I am curious about. So I'm in one of the uh, booths that you know one of the broadcast booths right now uh, to get some to get some quiet from this uh, from the noise of uh, the stadium and everybody else working. But there are no lights in these in these booths. I, I don't like know. I guess above they your head, head behind your head, but something? I don't know how to turn it on. I yeah, don't see light. any. I'm. Oh, I guess that is. Is that a light? Oh, well, maybe like it is a fluorescent light. lights. Yeah, they have maybe to be it's timed. a light, but there's no switch. I can't find a light switch in here. So hopefully, hopefully I don't go dark on you guys. It's pretty sunny from our seats. It looks like that's a beautiful ballpark. How was the atmosphere today for the first game of preseason? Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I mean, listen, I think, uh, you know, we think of uh, atmosphere at a sporting event as very much depending on the action of the game, right? Oh, all the fans were into it or all the fans went nuts when, when a good thing happened kind of thing. Spring training games don't count. Um, you know, so I think, uh, you know, so many people come down from, in this case, Chicago, but, uh, you know, from other cold weather places to sit in the Arizona sunshine and, and maybe have a beverage or two and, and enjoy a day at the park. And so I think uh, certainly uh, it, it checked all of those boxes for the folks in attendance, uh, considering this is the Cubs home park and it's mostly Cubs fans, almost entirely Cub fans in attendance, considering what the score was, uh, I'm sure they all had a very nice time. And hey, since you mentioned the people coming down from Chicago, CHGO Spring Training Hotel accommodations are provided by our friends over at Gila River Resort and Casino, Vay Kiva. Vinny's not there right now, but he'll be uh, very excited to go back to his very warm bed at the Gila River Resort and Casino. It's the place for Chicago baseball fans to stay when visiting the Phoenix area. So if you're planning to head west to watch Cactus League games or traveling to the desert throughout the year, call 1-800-946-4452 or visit play at gila.com. Before we get into the game portion of today you ended up talking to John Brebbia we had some internet issues where we tried to play John Brebbia for the people but uh what did what did John Brebbia try to to, uh, tell you and what did John Brebbia let you know about uh, his current injury with his scooter yeah so I mean you know we just basically got details on what the hell happened and uh it seems like he was throwing well it doesn't seem like he told us uh, he was throwing a live batting practice session and one of the pitches that he threw was hit for a ground ball and so being the pitcher with reaction that he has he took a few steps off the mound as if he were going to cover first base. And then when he realized there were no fielders there, obviously he started to walk back to the mound and he heard a pop when he was walking back to the mound and uh, he continued pitching. He finished the batting practice session, uh, but he has a calf strain and he's walking around in a boot and a, you know, wheeling around on a scooter and it makes it look pretty bad, but he can pitch with this. At least he has felt no effects uh, on his leg or on his throwing in any in any sort of way, it's when maybe he needs to get off and start running like he would to field a bunt or you know go to cover first base, in which that becomes uh, a problem for him. So he was planning on just you know being like, oh, I'll wait to see what it looks like overnight, and I'll just do some light running tomorrow. And the training staff was like, no, 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 you need to not do some stuff for a couple of weeks and and make sure that everything's good. So he's, he didn't have a timeline. He said that uh, they told them a few weeks. This was an estimate of what he thought he remembered. He would be back to like full go. So he doesn't exactly know how long he will be out of Cactus League games, you know, considering that all he needs to do is not do anything but pitch and he thinks he'll be fine. But uh, also 
considering this happened so recently, the routine that he's in, when we talked to him today, he hadn't yet thrown off a mound again since completing that uh, batting practice session the other day. So uh, we'll see how long it takes. And I think that um, the silver lining maybe is that this is the most intense injury news that we're talking about right now we're not talking about a position player dealing with anything big we're not talking about a starting pitcher dealing with something that's going to keep them out for months like we have in springs past right so we'll see what ends up happening with john brebbia and we'll keep keep tabs on that but uh but that's really the only injury thing we're dealing with other than some of the surgeries that uh, have happened to some of the um longer shots to make the roster we'll put it that way I like to hear that. I like to hear what Vinny just said. That it seems like Brebio is like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm good to pitch. And the trainers held him back from himself. That's what you need to do with these, some of these people. They uh, are going to be wanting to play. And so you know that this team is not really a thing. And, yeah, he might be the closer of this year. But there's no rush to get back on the mound too tough, too quickly. And I hope they've learned from some of the, from the things they've flubbed up last year. And it seems like they've been a little bit better with their uh, – Injury management, I mean, we see Aloy play most of the year last year, even though he wasn't healthy last year. But well, posting is a, is a, uh, is a skill, and it's, and it's necessary. I mean, I think Chris Getz mentioned the Aloy thing. Like, wasn't last year just the appendectomy that really held him out? Yeah, that caused him to miss significant time. I mean, if you'll remember, he went on the injured list after the home opener. Didn't he? he pulled his hamstring in the home opener, and it wasn't bad. It was just an injured list trip. That happens to guys all the time, uh, you know, when you're comparing it to the injuries that Aloy had had in the seasons prior. It was very minimal, right? Um, but it did seem to us, and I believe we heard it referenced a few times, that his legs were not you know, where they should have been throughout last year. And we saw him and maybe that did stem from, you know, having part of your organs, you know, having an organ taken out of your body. I can't imagine uh, that's a, that's a comfortable feeling, but it didn't seem like his legs were really where they should have been throughout the season. Maybe that's just me or us, you know, the observing uh, public, uh, you know, uh, saying what we thought we saw, but certainly it seemed like his, from a leg standpoint, he was not operating at a hundred percent. And you're right, yeah. Uh, ended up hitting the IL on the 5th and then came back on the 14th. So uh, there, there was that early season uh, leg injury that he ended up facing. Um, all right, let's get into today's game. Uh, I, I, I was shocked when Vinny Duber uh, quote tweeted me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised that you don't have me on mute uh, with, <laughs> with what I tweet. Uh, but we saw Pete Crow uh, Armstrong go so fast into home that John Triffin didn't even notice it. Uh, he thought it was the guy on third base scoring. Uh, so there's a ball hit down the line. Brian Ramos makes a play, is able to snag it, uh, tries to make the throw. Andrew Vaughn stretches with uh, all the length that he has, isn't able to make the out, but it's a good effort by Ramos. But it's even better effort by Pete Crow Armstrong going second to home uh, on a ground ball, on an infield ground ball. Uh, I tweeted that, you know, hey, Pete uh, Crow Armstrong plays fast, just like Pedro Grifol, uh wants this White Sox team to do. Uh, do you feel like they played fast today, this White Sox team, or did they get out fasted? Well, they certainly got outfasted. Um, I don't think they really had much of an opportunity to play fast, considering they only got four hits. They walked, what, one time, I think. Like, they weren't on base at all. And uh, so I'm not going to, you know, 
crush the White Sox for not doing what they should have done. They didn't have the opportunities to do them. Now that's their fault in another way. But still, um, I guess the point that I was making and that, you know, you were making a joke, making fun of the acronym, but I think it was very, but I think it was very good point, uh, accidentally perhaps, but I think it was a very good point that that guy specifically, Pete Crow Armstrong, every time he came up to bat, he showed that, man, he was intense and he was, uh, yeah, with his blue hair, that he was doing it. In fact, I went down to one of the Cubs writers and was like, what's the deal with this guy? Because first at bat, he uh, he hits a hustle double. He basically just hits a base hit into right field, and he sprints to second base. He gets in there safely. The next at bat, he pops up, and he slams his bat down because he's so mad that he popped up in an exhibition game. And then the uh, and then the third one you mentioned, he gets hit with a pitch, didn't seem too happy about it, ends up at second base, and then, like you said, scores on the ground ball to third. So um, he did the kind of thing in those plays. And really, if you notice, the Cubs were doing it all day long. You had a lot of guys going for first to third uh you know just that i think there was you know a guy who easily makes it to second on a ball that gets away from the catcher like that's the kind of thing and base running specific obviously but that's the kind of thing pedro grifo wants to see from these white Sox. he wants to see them be an aggressive team out there uh he uses fearless as the f in you know in in fast but you know i think all of that really applies to a lot of the things you saw from the Cubs today. Now, I will compliment the White Sox. The defense was clean, right? They didn't They didn't really make any defensive mistakes. There was the one wild pitch. But other than that, you know, the defense was really good. We didn't see any problems on the infield. And you even, as you said there, Sean, complimented Brian Ramos for that play that he wasn't able to make. It was deep in the hole. Nobody's saying he should have made it. But, you know, a, a, a valiant effort there. And he made a couple of other good defensive plays at third base, too. So the defense probably was what Pedro wanted to see. But the base running from the Cubs was the ex- like the thing that sticks in your mind is the definition of the style of baseball probably that Pedro wants to see. Certainly it's the definition of the style of baseball that the Diamondbacks played last year, that the Cleveland Guardians played the year before that when they won the AL Central. It is that kind of thing that the White Sox are trying to do. But, Sean, as you've been mentioning all offseason long, and you're absolutely right, you got to get to first base in order to steal second. And the White Sox didn't do that today. And so you maybe see the challenges to playing that style of baseball, even if Pedro gets all the buy-in in the world, even if he's got, uh, you know, Chris Getz giving him the kind of players that he can count on to play that way, they got to make it to first base. They got to get on base to cause havoc on the base pads. They're doing a good job with what they can control on the defensive side. The offensive side obviously is going to be under a microscope all summer long. Uh, and and today you saw maybe the biggest hurdle to, to that they have to clear in ordering to in order to play fast. Yeah, and another player that I think does play fast, even though he's not as fast as Pete Crow Armstrong, a Dominic Fletcher guy. Like, that first at bat, nice. I'm in. I'm really in. He's a bigger dude than I expected. His forearms look absolutely Popeye-type. But I'm just – I mean, also, people got to remember – it's spring training, but it's also in Mesa. So the Cubs have their whole arsenal of good pitchers. Uh, Wicks, who started the game, will probably be in their rotation. You saw a host, a Quas in there. He'll probably be in their uh, bullpen. So you saw the White Sox throw out a bunch of guys. Killian and Horn were both at least either close to Major League Baseball or, or you know, in AAA. Exactly. So... You know, it's a little different when, you know, you're not sending Luis, you're not sending Aloy, you're not sending Yoan, so you can't play the 
the type of game that you probably want to play in the future. But when they get home, maybe next game they can say, okay, this is more what we can play. We can have more uh, access to the better players that we have. And we can play like the Cubs played versus us. Bailey Horn's not a. Uh, that, that's why that name's familiar. He was a White Sox. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Okay, never mind. Yes, that, my bad. I was like, why does that name sound familiar? He was in that. Uh, what, what trade was that? Was it a magical trade? Mm, you might be right. It was Bailey Horn magical trade, Vinny? Do you remember? Uh, either that or Tapera. No, Those are the it was only Tepera ones. Right? Trade. Yeah. Tepera. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Tempura. Yeah. But uh, still, Quas was uh, acquired for Nelson Velasquez. Wicks, I know, was a, a big name for the stock or for the Cubs. And then, uh, uh, yeah, Killian, I think, made it up to the, the major league team last year. So. And Dick Lovelady out there too, looking great. Hey, and did you see who the White Sox picked up today? I did not. Peyton Burdick. Oh, I did. Oh, so there you go. Uh, so uh, Matt Foster hits the IL. Because that was weird. Because Foster was on the 40-man, uh, was just placed on the 60-day IL today. Has there been an update on what's wrong with Matt Foster? Well, he had Tommy John surgery last year. He is still recovering from Tommy John surgery. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe the IL exists during the offseason. And so... You know, they, they're putting guys on the that now because they can, right? We heard, uh, uh, what was it, last week that the, the Dodgers, when the Dodgers and the Padres reported ahead of everybody else, they were able to start using the 60-day DL that day. Uh, the White Sox and everybody else, else did uh, when they got to camp. But you don't need to until you need to free up a 40-man spot, right? You don't need to move somebody to the 60-day DL until you have to, or the IL rather, until you have to. So um, they made a waiver claim today. They needed a 40-man spot, and there's Matt Foster going on the 60-day IL to free up that spot. Nothing has changed with him. He is still on on the way back. Uh, he has not been throwing at camp. You just see him kind of standing around. So, but uh, Davis Martin is throwing. I saw him th- throwing like 83 or 85. I think was either your tweet or someone else's tweet uh, from down in spring training. He's likely to hit the IL again, right? Because he's recovering. Um. I don't know. It would have to. Okay. I would imagine it would have to be that you would have to then be on the sixty-day IL from when you go on it, right? So okay. that's sixty days from when you go on it. Depends on when they think he'll be re- think uh, he'll be ready to go. All right. Just just interesting. Just just trying to clear that up. All right. Uh, let's take a break and then we'll talk a little bit about the hitters that made uh, an impact today, uh, like uh, everyone's guy, Tim Elko, and a guy that was told not to play fast, but now has a sign to tell him to play fast. And then he played fast today. So uh, will he be making an impact in the 2024 team? Herb, you know who might be making an impact in 2024? Who will be, Sean? Will game. it be game time? It will be game time. Yes. They don't think that you should have to worry when you're buying tickets for your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals and all-in prices, view stream receipt, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you're like me, I went down to Atlanta, bought some tickets on Game Time, and then wanted to check them out and see if that Game Time guarantee was a real thing. So I went to other secondary markets, and only one had the price that was lower than Game Time's in the same row and section that I was sitting in. Sent this information to Game Time, and within 12 minutes of that correspondence, I got 110% of the difference into my account. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly where you're sitting, and all-in prices show you the total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without the hidden fees. Buy tickets in two taps. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after the game starts. It's the place to be for last-minute seats. And find exclusive flash deals, sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, 
and more. And like I told you before, the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. You'll find tickets in the same section or row for less on another site. Game time will credit you 110% of that difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code CHGO for $20 off game time. Sorry, download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Thank you very much, Herb. And we also want to let you know about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they are the easy and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up, whether it's tournament season uh, or the fight for the playoff home home court there is no shortage of high stakes and basketball moments this time of year so get in on the excitement with prize picks america's number one fantasy sports apps where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash cash and it's just as easy as picking three players to go more than or less than on their projection and you can do it in less than 60 seconds i like james harden to score more than 16 and a half points tonight uh, i also like anyone who is playing the washington wizards so let's just pick any uh, thunder that exists uh, and then also i think uh, toronto might upset the hawks tonight so hey maybe scotty barnes over uh, rebounds because that team really doesn't play defense and it's that simple you just made a prize pick entry right there and prize pick now offers apple play for quick and easy deposits into your account this basketball season. So check out prizepicks.com slash CHGO and use code CHGO for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash CHGO and use code CHGO. Pick more, pick less. It's easy. Ooh, it's easy. Oh, it's that easy. I don't know how to read. It's really tough to read. Reading's very difficult. Picking prize picks, very easy. Uh, all right, let's go into Oscar Colossus hustle. Um, we talked about Oscar yesterday. We kind of talked about maybe Pedro's changed tone about Oscar Colas. How much should we read into Oscar Colas's first 75 games into the major leagues, Vinny? Because obviously we see the play fast today and the person that I think had the best example, even though I think Kevin Malloy was saying uh, Oscar Colas's at-bats didn't look so good, is Colas hits a dribbler to the shortstop and he beats it out to first base and gets himself a single um is that what oscar or not oscar Colas, but pedro Grafol is looking for in these guys is that type of hustle and effort even when it might be an easy out when you're down seven in a spring training game yes absolutely i mean i think that you know that is a perfect example and probably the perfect example from the white Sox side of what he wants to see on a, on a very regular basis now that being said you know but busting your ass is a good thing, but I don't know if it's going to win you a roster spot because at the end of the day, like you just said, the White Sox watched Oscar Colas play in the major leagues last year, and they're going to want to make sure that the things that he did or didn't do uh, during that time in 2023 are well behind him. Uh, so I don't really think, you know, it, it, maybe it sounds a little grandiose. I don't really think he's got a shot at making this team. Uh, I mean, realistically, I don't think he does because they want to see that he improved in these certain areas they want to do him to improve in. Remember, sometimes it's just as easy as the quality of the at-bat, right? As you were just talking about, as our commenter was just talking about there. When Oscar Colas came up to the majors last year, he, he did not do well with the strike zone. He did not hit very well at all. That's totally 
you know, another thing from all the mistakes that we saw made make in the outfield and on the base pass. But every one of those things is what the White Sox want to see get completely cleaned up. Um, I, I think when you say how much stock should we put in what happened last year, put a lot in there because he's going to be sent to AAA this year. I mean, listen, they didn't do – or I should say they did this year what they didn't do a year ago. Chris Getz did this year what Rick Hahn didn't do a year ago, which was I'm going to go out and get somebody who I can count on, who I can be, who I can depend on in the event that Oscar Colas is not ready for this. Now, they had already determined that he wasn't ready for this this time around because they saw him play in the majors last year and they want to see him play in the minors before they do that again. But last year it was, if Oscar Colas has a good spring, he's the right fielder. And if not, well, Gavin Sheets is there, I guess, and that's fine. And that plan completely fell apart. Now this year, Chris Getz has gone out and said, Dominic Fletcher is going to be the right fielder. And there's a couple other guys, maybe two, that could back him up if that doesn't go right. But Oscar Colas doesn't need to be part of that equation if he doesn't have to be. Um, so right now, it's going to be on Oscar Colas in the minor leagues, forcing the White Sox to bring him back up, forcing the White Sox to say, you deserve playing time by not only hitting well, but doing all of the little things that he failed to do last year. Sean, you made a point, uh, you know, just in an aside right now, saying that they told him not to play fast last year. That... Let's not get that confused. He was playing in a way that was not smart, and I, you know, in their estimation. And so I think that when you hear um, the, what the T in fast is, what technically sound, right? Oscar Colas did not have that last year. Now maybe he can get it back or, or get it for the first time, whatever, whatever uh, is applicable there. But the way he was playing last year was you know, for lack of a better term, chicken with his head cut off, right, kind of thing. And it was creating more mistakes. If they're going to play the way that Pedro wants to play, it's going to be mistake-free because they're doing it in a smart way. Absolutely, but the one thing about the acronym that I guess worries me is just it's a fine line to be aggressive and technically sound. It's very tough to go 100 while also being mistake-free, if that makes sense, right? So, like, I, I get I your point, and that's an absolutely fair clarification that, you know, just Colos wasn't really truly out there. So it wasn't even about the, the tempo or anything that he was playing. So that's a good clarification there. But, I mean, uh, going back to the great acronym. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like what you uh, were saying last year, Vinny, and what the White Sox uh, conveyed to you in the simple media, like, you don't want to take the aggressiveness out of the player, but because sometimes they're going to be aggressive and that mistake is going to be made because of their aggressiveness. But you want, you're like, I like the aggressiveness, keep that in you, but also, you know, tamp it down just a touch. I want to move to a player where I know many White Sox see the guy and saw what he did in his first full year in the minor leagues last year and say, wow, 28 home runs at double A and single A. Where is Tim Elko and does he have a chance to break on this team when they leave Arizona? Because the only reason I would say that he doesn't is because of the inexperience and because he hits from the right side of the plate. Yeah, well, also, where's he going to play? You know, I mean, that, that's the thing to me is like we talk about there being a ton of competition on this team and, and it's true, but maybe not in the, the spots where you would, you know, go first go. Right. I mean, like there is no competition at first base. There is no competition uh, in left field or center field. There is no competition at third base. There is no competition at catcher and there is no competition at designated hitter. Now, uh, 
what what uh, you guys and plenty of White Sox fans have complained about in recent seasons is a complete lack of depth within this organization. Uh, you know, when someone gets hurt, who's there to fill in for them? And the answer too frequently has been no one, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're clamoring for a guy to to come up, and that should be a good thing maybe that, that, that they've got him there in case, right? Like, he should keep hitting that way. And like I just said about Oscar Colas, Guys can force their way into playing time if they play it well enough. But I think in the case of Tim Elko, keep doing your thing. You might be a minor leaguer all this year. You might be a minor leaguer longer than that. But Andrew Vaughn might get hurt. Aloy Jimenez might get hurt. And if you're raking at AAA, then there you go. Take your opportunity and seize it. You know what I mean? So, no, I don't think Tim Elko is going to be a part of the opening day roster. Um, But if he keeps doing well and he keeps impressing – uh, the people who make the decisions, then he's going to move up the ladder and move up the chain. And when an injury, which is inevitable, not because it's the White Sox, but inevitable because that's how baseball works, happens, you're going to need somebody to step into that spot. And whether that's this, whether that's early this season, whether that's in the middle of the summer, whether it's September call-up or whether it's 2025, be ready and, and be ready to seize that opportunity. Jordan Wicks is pitching, and Elko did go deep off of him in his first at-bat. It was a 3-2 count, and I was listening to the radio broadcast at that time, uh, and there was two straight foul balls on fastballs high up in the zone, and DJ was like, the catcher wants him to throw fastballs high up in the zone because he's late on it. Got another fastball high up in the zone and was a little late on it. Didn't, you know, pull the ball or hit it to deep center, but hit it far enough to right field where it got out. I also think a fan made a great catch there, like diving backwards. Uh, I said that the White Sox in the right fielder next year. And there you go. Um, And then uh, Elko. in his last at-bat, I think it was ended up being in the seventh inning, uh, he hit a bomb out to center that was, I think, like maybe five feet away from going out. So you might look at the double-A numbers uh, and really question if he would be a guy that could be in the major leagues in 2024. Um, but it does seem like most of the time he's able to produce a home run because uh, you look at the uh, at least walk and strikeout numbers uh, in his 34 games in double-A. 49 strikeouts, three walks. So there's still, and that's a double A. So there's still a lot for Tim Elko to do, I think, to actually be a major league level ready player. And to your point about competition, where does he play Vinny? Him and Andrew Vaughn are the same age. Andrew Vaughn got drafted top three two years before Tim Elko was even a prospect ready. Like they, they have more invested into Andrew Vaughn and there's no reason to rush Andrew Vaughn off that spot unless, you know, someone falls down to injury or, or something like that. So Elko fun to watch, but provides depth. Like you mentioned, uh, might not be the guy for them to uh, really write home about uh, other guy that I wanted to bring up. And uh, I think that's it on at least spring training. And then we can uh, wrap up on, on any final of uh, uh, weekend thoughts. We also have a new uh, article from Vinny Duber uh, that I'll mentioned uh right after this but uh not mentioned in Vinny Duber's article by Ethan Katz was Alex Spees Alex Spees ended up pitching a uh four batter inning Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to be able to go one two three but I think the biggest thing uh and they mentioned this on the radio was a lot of strikes from Alex Spees uh consistently we saw at least in his major league level and minor league level that he was consistently walking guys saw a lot of strikes from Alex Spees which is exciting uh to see but also this was one of the first waiver pickups from Brian Bannister since when he was a part of the White Sox organization. And I brought it up before and I shared it in our discord for our diehards today. Uh, The tread athletics video where they uh, have Alex B's throwing a bullpen. And in that video, the pitching coach that's watching him asks him like, man, you really weren't throwing your fastballs. So apparently the Rangers weren't even really having him 
throw this 95 up to 100 mile per hour stuff and it might have been more of an organizational thing that held Alex Spees back. Maybe there's something that Brian Bannister is noticing that I think that truly based on stuff, he could be a Gregory Santos guy because Santos was the same thing overlooked by none other than Brian Bannister, uh, (laughs) not being able to throw strikes and then coming over throwing strikes and being a guy that they could flip for three other players. If Alex Bees is able to throw strikes, I mean, the the movement's nasty. There was times where Maldonado, the veteran of all veterans, is getting crossed up by Alex Bees uh, behind the plate. So it, it was a really good showing, I think, from Alex Bees today. I know it's the first game and he's faced four batters, so I won't I won't get my role too too far uh, ahead of myself. But exciting stuff because we are looking for guys to make that bullpen and Spees is on that precipice to uh, possibly make that, that team. And I'm glad that Brannister and Kishkets are doing this for their bullpen, where they signed Brebbia to a little deal, but they didn't go out and sign the $8 million guys or the $15 million guys like Liam Hendricks. Don't get me wrong. I love both of those guys, uh, the Gravemans, the uh, Kellys, and uh, Hendricks, but you can't spend all your money, a good portion of your money on the bullpen. This is the way you should do it. Just get live arms and then put them into your own lab and get that guy on the mound because he has filthy stuff. You could tell immediately. I was kind of disappointed with him. I think it was a 3-1 count and he just threw the ball like way off the plate and uh, garnered that walk. But otherwise, yeah, his uh, outing was pretty solid today. I am uh, looking forward to him. And if he is the closer, I'm in. That's that's exactly what you want. A flame-throwing dude with some filth uh, at the off-speed pitches, too. Well, and like Groot, too, we saw him work up to it. It wasn't like he was automatically their closer, right? He was you know, in the sixth inning and then seventh inning and worked his way up to, to becoming that guy and earning it. Uh, final thought from spring training was the White Sox had four hits. One walk, 12 strikeouts. You talked about them not getting on base, but that reads like a regular White Sox, uh, regular season box score from last year. I think the biggest silver lining, though, Vinny, is Luis Robert Jr., Aloy Jimenez. Uh, I guess Andrew Vaughn did play, but Juan Moncada. Some of the true starters on this team were out on the field today. Yeah, this was only half the starting lineup. But, I mean, listen, you, you, you don't want to take anything let alone too much from an exhibition game right but i think everybody going into this camp and when i say everybody i mean everybody on the outside really looked at that lineup and said man how are they going to score runs and you know the the white Sox's hope is that the guys that you just mentioned that obviously robert who had a great year but the the eloys the the moncadas the benintendis uh we didn't see him today either that those guys are going to turn things around in such a dramatic fashion that the the offense will just be better right but the guys they went and signed to add to this nicky lopez who did play today paul DeYoung, who did play today dominic fletcher who did play today uh you know martin maldonado who did play today they're not known for hitting very well and you so when we see a team that last year was one of the least productive offenses in baseball, the work during the offseason was focused elsewhere, and, and and that elsewhere was not on the bats. Uh, and then they're like, yeah, hopefully a new hitting coach will come in and, and fix all these guys. That's a lot of pressure on this team to get dramatically better. And I'm not saying it's impossible because we have seen the flashes of what Jimenez and Moncada can do. We've seen Andrew Benintendi have nice years in his career as well. Maybe it does come together in a way that makes them much better than they were a year ago, but then that's still just half the lineup. And and I and I, I think that when you've got a team going out there striking out twelve times, not really doing much to 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 try to get on base with a walk, and then there's no hits either. 
well, boy, how many times do we have that conversation after games last summer, right? So I think this is going to be the overarching, um, I don't want to use the word problem, I guess weakness of this team maybe as things stand right now is that offense and how they're going to score runs. Um, Things can change. They can, they, they, you know, this is, this is one game. I'm not saying every night is going to look like this one spring training game, but I think it did reinforce a lot of the things that we thought uh, were, were kind of dogging this team coming into camp. When teams uh, don't travel players, like the White Sox didn't travel, those people you missed, you mentioned, what do they do? Do they just sit back at the old facility and do a workout themselves? Or is that just a day off for those guys because they're veterans? No, it depends on the schedule. I mean, we saw we saw a lot of those guys who did have days off today at the complex this morning coming off the field after a workout. They, I mean, the the thing with spring training games is it's not like – it's not like the regular season where you show up to work at the stadium and and, and do your work leading into the game. Uh, you have your full spring training workout like we just saw them have for the last week. And then the guys who are playing get on a bus and drive somewhere to play a game. So it's it's a little weird. It's, it's, it's not the most uh, uh, normal situation if you're used to how things work during the regular season. But uh, I think the main thing was that those guys who weren't playing today don't have to end their practice when the bus leaves if that makes sense right so um you know luis robert jr aloy jimenez yoan moncada andrew benintendi can stick around and lift weights can stick around and and go with the trainer can stick around and hit more in the cage if that's something that they is on their schedule but they also did that all morning too so it, it is not a uh, day off as in they don't have to come to work they just don't have to go play in the game I feel like Benny's going to pop. You know, you can only really pump up a balloon so much. This guy's just sitting there just lifting weights all over and over again. You can read Vinny's latest article at allchgo.com. He talks about uh, Ethan Katz's comments on Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, and much, much more. Possibly starter Garrett Crochet and the filthy Justin Anderson. So go check out Vinny's article at allchgo.com. Vinny, anything else you want to add on from today in Mesa? Not particularly, like I said, you know, the uh, the lack of offense. And, and as you guys were talking about when you were, when you were talking about the broadcast, the, the way the game played out really made it kind of Dullsville, uh, you know, uh, in terms of an entertainment product, if you're a White Sox fan and if you were a Cubs fan after the first inning, I suppose, too. But, uh, you know, it, 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 the offense was not impressive, but it's one spring training game. And anybody that gets worried about uh, that uh, should uh, should should calm down a little bit. Hey, we'll, we'll have two days to calm down. I guess Saturday might be a tense day because they're playing again. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share our thoughts on Twitter. Uh, Vinny will be at the game. So follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Again, thank you to Vinny Duber and all of his work out at spring training. CHGO spring training hotel accommodations are provided by our friends at Gila River Resort and Casino Vekiva. It's the place for Chicago baseball fans to stay when visiting the Phoenix area so if you are planning to head west to watch cactus league games or traveling to the desert throughout the year call 1-800-946-4452 or visit play at gila.com thank you very much Vinny. thank you herb thank you sarah for producing the show make sure you hit that thumbs up button we'll be back on monday goodbye we all silly like the mayor 